0: Welcome to a brand new episode. It's episode 13 already. We are flying. We're flying. And it's getting close to Halloween, so hmm, that'll be fun. This is Southern Fried Philosophy. It's two southern guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are... Earning a degree in common sense by listening to the show. We are broadcasting live from the HB Five Studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord. Hey, if you're not doing anything on Wednesday, stop on by at 42 Union Street. We'd love to hang out with you. I'd be your host Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking a little bit of how you uh why apologies are getting, are having the best week ever and special guest Gwen Bartley with the Amazing Grace Advocacy team. So we are excited for the show, but before we begin, let me go ahead and introduce you to the second half of this crazy sideshow. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, 2016's honorable mention, Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one.
1: It's Mauder! What's up, my brother? Feels like it's been forever since we talked. <laughs> no doubt. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, having yeah. a good week so far. I, I can't complain. Every every day is a good day. So. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the, this week's Southern Fried Philosophy podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Five Philosophy, at Instagram at SFP Radio, which my daughter will be taking over this week. This what you said last week. Well, uh, the, we got this little thing with grades and oh, and, so, yeah, and you know devices to post on social media. So,
0: so, so it, that's the punishment for not doing good grades is, is taking away t- t- is taking Facebook? away social media oh, access
1: because gotcha. you know. Uh, you know, 13 years old social media is evidently is like sure. something big, so.
0: but you should make her do the Instagram right, for we could the show do we could as do the punishment. We
1: could do that, <laughs> but then, she, but here's the thing that she should be like taking out, uh, checking out makeup tutorial videos or something like that. Too. Well, hey, I, I we need how, something she's sneaky. On it.
0: she can put it she, on there. I, don't I got I
1: care. you, <laughs> but thank you for tuning in. Uh, please go over to iTunes, uh, Google, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, give us a, a, a like or follow and um, uh, comment. Please subscribe. Uh, that way, you can have our latest podcast in your um, on your device every week that we release. We appreciate you listening in. We have a good show. Uh, Biggins already mentioned what we got looking, what to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, buddy, roll it out. Well, like I ask you every week, how you be doing? I'm telling you, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, you know. You know, this election season is about, this about, uh, hey, has been burning my biscuits. So I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready for it to be over with, to be honest with you. So, uh,
0: I think the whole country is oh, man, just looking at it. It's just, we're tired. Yeah, we are. We are just we are. tired of this.
1: You know, you, you have some of the faithful still on Facebook out there arguing with each other, but, <laughs> right. the, I think for the most part, everybody, everybody's either, you, you, everyone's either DEF CON one level, you know, um, or not getting, or a crap. just, yeah, just backed off like I have. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna, I've resorted to going to looking at stupid cat videos so <laughs> nice or looking at the latest Kenneth Bone uh, memes. Oh my gosh,
0: so. he is owning me. Oh, he, he is owning me. I'm
1: sure I'm sure everyone knows who Kenneth Bone is, but if you don't, if you if you've been hiding in a in a foreign country on a secret mission with the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Bone was the, uh, the uh, I think the last person or next last person who asked a question the during last, the last, huh? uh, the last presidential debate. He, the infamous now red sweater and white <laughs> turtleneck, I think, <laughs> underneath it. Nailed uh, it. But anyway, there's a, a million memes out there now for that guy. But yeah. he's, he's, the memes are hilarious. <laughs> so I
0: saw a restaurant like had a whole Kenneth Bone like menu. It was <laughs> penne something. Uh, it was pretty funny. Phenomenal. So, good job. Uh, I think I could probably nail that Halloween costume. By the way, I think I could do that.
1: <laughs> we have to. We uh, uh, <laughs> have to dye your hair a little bit black. I think a <laughs> mustache. So
0: sure. Well, I can. I can make that. But well, how you be doing, man? I'm good. Uh, last week, uh, my wife and I, uh, we got on our fatigues. We made a little bunker up in the uh, the attic there and started picking off squirrels, so that was nice. We talked about squirrels last week on the old, this old house <laughs> on, on Edgewood, so no, for all the PETA people, um, God help you, but we were, I'm just kidding, we did not, we just pour, put some boards up and try to keep them out, so, oh well.
1: How's that working so far?
0: So far, so good, I did, we woke up twice uh, with with them scratching on that wood, trying oh. to Trying to bury through, but oh well. Uh, but this week, hey, we are working on plumbing. So, uh, so
1: this is going to be a reoccurring thing on I, the show, I, I guess. I didn't
0: mean for it to be, but <laughs> I think it is. Uh, so, if you need anything to, to know, to learn about plumbing, why don't you just hop on over to my house? Because we will be taking out all of the plumbing in the entire flipping house. Mm. And uh, and putting that back in.
1: Wow! So just a refresher. How yeah. old's the house?
0: 104 years old. Okay. Yep. So uh, it's got um, copper. It's mm-hmm. got galvanized. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, peck, and which is the new stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, some other plastic thing that evidently, if it, if it springs a leak, it'll be a very tiny leak. And you may not know it for weeks or months or whatever. until you fall through the floor or until you fall. Through. Yeah. So to avoid that, we decided, hey, let's rip it all out, put it all, put all the new stuff in. Wow. Uh, four days. They are saying no water for four days.
1: So to re re-plumb a whole house. Yep. Four days. That's that's pretty
0: awesome. Hey, look, I'm I'm not complaining so much that we're getting it done. So we're paying big bucks, evidently, for this to happen. So
1: what are you going to do with four days, no water? Well,
0: we have referred to ourselves now as the preppers that have – are in hurricane status okay so we acted like a hurricane has gone through the house and we just are trying to hoard as much water as we can
1: so you have a bathtub or two full we are
0: yep bathtub uh two of of water so we've got that uh we've got everything that we could possibly hold with water Mm -hmm. uh, buckets um anything we've been going to
1: chick-fil-a every day getting their gallon jugs and (laughs) water
0: yeah (laughs) we have also not gone to taco bell we refuse to eat mexican (laughs) because we can't flush the toilets. So, yeah, it's uh boy, hey, buddy, four days,
1: well, did you ever think about just digging a well? We, yeah,
0: well, uh, that would take longer than the four days, so we're going to scratch that off the <laughs> okay. list. Good
1: gravy! So it's just uh, so old house. So if, uh, neighbors see you outside showering; uh, <laughs> their guard knows. Not to be right. Not to be worried.
0: Yeah, please don't call the police if you see me on the back deck using the restroom. It's because I can't pee in the house. Just,
1: just, you know, just don't wear a clown face. Why are out, out there showering oh, out there? So,
0: Jeez Louise, we're going to get into that. So, um, apologies this week or having the best week ever. I don't know if you've seen these apologies. No, uh, it's a bunch of "I'm sorry"s. It's a bunch of "I'm sorry"s by a lot of companies, a lot of a lot of
1: businesses. So the, really? Okay.
0: One of them that I want to say, hey, you really didn't have to do this, but uh, Tic Tac um, would like very much <laughs> to be excluded from Donald Trump's 2005 narrative, the one that he that they never has to be part of. I'm sure everybody's have heard of the Donald Trump 2005. Quote-unquote, quote, Trump tapes. Trump yeah. tapes, yep. Yeah. Uh, so in in an act where nobody asked for them to put put their nose in, uh, they did send out a tweet on Saturday so that they do not condone Trump's uh, uh, inappropriate and unacceptable speech because he did mention he's going to put a tic-tac in his mouth and go kiss the girls.
1: So literally, stabbed of Donald Trump's mouth, tic-tac. <laughs> right
0: right. Um, so uh, why would a company like the, You weren't even asked about this Why would people think that Tic Tac Is part of Donald Trump's Campaign back in 2005 Like why would they feel like that they have to do that Well
1: I think either A it's um they're being part of the overly sensitive <laughs> social justice warrior movement really? right now, where you have, really, to, I have to apologize for just could about anything. Crazy. Just like before long, before before long, uh, Tic Tac's gonna do away with all their colors and it's gonna be like, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna go with like a translucent <laughs> Tic Tac. Right. But uh, that, or maybe it's mm. free marketing. It could be. I'm thinking it's the latter. There. Yeah,
0: according to Twitter, Tic Tac respects all women. Oh. Brr. According to Twitter, Tic Tac respects all women. We find the recent statements and behavior completely inappropriate and unacceptable. So they are backing away from old Mr. Trump. But go to www.ticTac.com and place your orders now. (laughs) Is that what it says? (laughs) Yeah, it it should be. Uh, Also, uh, a bakery is called Racist after naming an Oreo cupcake, wait for it, Mr. President, <laughs> a bakery in Portland, Oregon, has a Oreo cookie baked inside of a white cake with cookies and cream buttercream, uh, and they they call it Mr. Mr. President. Uh, however, a yelper woke up one day love and went to <laughs> went to their uh, bakery which is called Fat Cupcake, which mm-hmm. right there in itself is politically incorrect. You don't say it's fat. It's big-boned. It's a big-boned <laughs> cupcake. Um, said that it's very troubling that we're serving this cupcake called Mr. President. Um, don't they know that it's it's racist? Um, one problem, uh, the owner is African-American. So
1: you can't... It doesn't just, quite fit the narrative um, there.
0: Yeah. These people, these Yelpers, these people that are, like, Cry and complain about whatever the social injustice is. They really have to wake up every morning and just try to be offended. I am.
1: That's that's what we have now is a, a this new generation. I'm mm. telling you, that it, they're just trying to be trying offended. To see how they can be offended for everything. Yeah, but like I've said before, it's going to eat itself. I mean these these social justice justice warriors are going to eat themselves within. So,
0: but it's not even some of these. Just these people, like Yale University, this week apologizes for offensive imagery on the cover of a football program.
1: So, what from last week or two yeah, weeks from ago?
0: last week? Um, they had a hundred uh, years of their football programs, like all on one. They were just displaying them all, right. and so one was like in nineteen forty, um, and it had a picture of an Indian on it because they were playing Dartmouth, who was called the Indians, right? Uh, but then they switched their name to Big Green. I don't know if they're, like, you know, a grill or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they were the Indians. They had a picture of an Indian on it and, you know, scalped the Indians or what, whatever. Um, so they uh, they apologize and they say that we are trying to honor the 100 year, years of Yale Dartmouth football. It was a terrible mistake and it was offensive and we apologized for what we did. It was wrong and we wanted to let people know that we're sorry that we did that. I mean, this is Yale. These are supposed to be, like... Smart people. I don't. Well, but don't,
1: you know the the infection of uh, safe spaces, trigger warnings, and SJWs mm-hmm. are in universities now. Yep. So that's. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I guess it's par for the course.
0: (laughs) So again, for the week of apologies, one other thing that's not quite an apology, but uh, I did see McDonald's cutting back on Ronald (laughs) McDonald appearances because it's a creepy clown sighting. So McDonald's is cutting back uh, on Ronald McDonald appearances as reports of creepy clown sightings continue to rise. Um, The fast food chain said Tuesday that it's being thoughtful and respected Ronald McDonald participating in the community events. Uh, around the current climate of clown sightings.
1: Now listen. Boy, there's been a few of them.
0: But it, look, if you go to McDonald's, you expect to see Ronald McDonald. Right. Or like some type of image of, of a clown.
1: It's usually, it's usually him creepy, like mannequin style on a bench now. Right, which yeah. is creepy
0: in itself. But still, like, you expect him to be in a McDonald's event to, to be there. But like, if he's in the middle of, you know, a field... uh. In the middle of the night, then mm-hmm. that's where it gets creepy,
1: right? But not
0: at McDonald's when you're getting a happy, your Happy Meal.
1: I just yeah, that's kind of the whole. That's kind of the whole that's the theme whole there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that'd be like removing the mouse from Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, just kind of expect that.
0: <laughs> but I did see where, which is almost kind of offensive in itself that the clowns have come together and have created <laughs> clowns live matter. Yeah, I don't.
1: That yeah, that, yeah, I'm sure, uh, but I'm sure they've offended the other SJWs yes, that run right. the other the other hashtags. Right. I so. can't
0: wait for, you know, one one liberal protected group to go off on another liberal protected group, and then you're just kind of in a hand.
1: I don't know how they're going to fight each other. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> that's
0: that's going to be the greatest part.
1: Because, uh, yeah, somebody's going to be yelling out. You're entitled to patriarchy or whatever. Yeah, I can see. It. Uh,
0: so, guys, apologies. Uh, dev- evidently, have had the best weekend. <laughs> yeah,
1: Tic Tac. That was kind of that was kind of surprising. Like I said, I think that was a viral. I had to be capturing the viral moment there. Sure. Tic Tac sells.
0: But so. like, at what point do you say at at the line? Not, not picture. Like you're checking out. You've got the Snickers, you've got the Reese's, you've got the the gum, Mm -hmm. you've got the Tic Tacs, and you say, or maybe Tic Tac said, if we don't get ahead of this, somebody is not going to buy our product because Donald Trump has said that. Or you're looking at the line and be like, I'm not going to get those Tic Tacs because that's associated with Trump. Like, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, but regardless of how you feel about what he said, there's going to be half of America that vote, or half of whoever votes on the 8th. Yeah, half of people are going to vote for them and half the people are people that are not going to vote for them. So, I mean, either way, tic-tac, you're offending half your audience one way or the other. <laughs> right. Mean, if you stick with them or don't. So, right. Well. Um, either this is the biggest, you know, marketing genius in the world or a food bar, one of the two. And, and obviously— We're talking about it, yeah, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and I, I guess in a month or two and. If we see Tic Tac sales increase by a hundred fold, or we see a drop by you know a hundred fold, I guess we'll we'll kind of know the difference. But, All right?
0: Um, wow, free market. I need you to work for me. That's
1: right. Good gracious. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it, it kind of pans out. Yeah. So, well, maybe the reason why people aren't going to McDonald's anymore because everybody's afraid of the you think so? the creepy clowns. Hmm. No, I think it's the bad food, but that's just that's just me. <laughs> well, we had somebody on the show earlier that said
0: that, that they thought that the hamburger or the the burger king clown was much more creepier than the ronald mcdonald clown
1: oh the king yeah the the, king, yeah, yeah with his fiberglass head yeah yes. that thing's definitely that's like the jack-in-the-box uh, fiberglass head those he looks like one of those uh electronic dance movement djs you know like in a like in a rave or something yeah so, but goodness gracious yeah those those two guys creep me out yeah
0: all right well that's um that's best week ever
1: yeah well i'm you know, I, I wasn't even aware of those apologies. I'm glad, I'm glad you shared those because when you mentioned that, I was like, what, what are we talking about here? So. Yeah,
0: well, now, I'm, now I feel warm and fuzzy.
1: <laughs> I hear, so you. Those things. I hear
0: you. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our guest with us, uh, Gwen Bartley from the Amazing Grace Advocacy. So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
1: Tic tac small and sweet, sweet.
0: Tic Tac, more
1: than you expect. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Um, I'd like to welcome our uh, today's guest. Her name is Gwen Bartley, and she is with Amazing Grace Advocacy. Uh, She represents uh, prospective families, but also kids in the foster care community. Also, uh, trying to bring light to autism and any type of other mental illness um, that may be underlying there. But she's... Probably one of the most powerful women, to my understanding, in the DSS community. She, wow. When she talks, people listen. So uh, welcome to the show, Ms. Gwen.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Um, kind of give us a little, little, just a little bit of history on how you got involved in this. I, obviously, you probably didn't graduate high school, and your guidance school, uh, guidance school counselor said, hey, you need, you need to be an advocate, a nonprofit advocate. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: All right. Well, it started because I adopted two children from foster care, and they were toddlers at the time. And within a few weeks of having custody of them, I realized something is just not right with these kiddos, hmm. and um, started going to pediatricians, and um, no one could quite put their finger on what was going on, but the behaviors were not typical of a four- and a two-year-old, hmm. um, such as banging their heads on the floor, um, constant screaming and yelling, and um, motor skills, just a, a whole surplus of things that just weren't adding up. Um, So it took a couple of years of just searching and searching to try and find someone to help guide me with these kids. Um, So as they got older, the behaviors did not get better. They just kept getting worse, getting um, more dangerous, and Mm -hmm. they weren't able to meet milestones. And um, it just got to be really... um, To the point where we were not functioning as a family because these the two kids were so overwhelming, um, in need of care all the time, and disruptive to the family, you know, survival. Um, So it got to the point where we were having to take the one my son to the hospital quite a bit um, for different kinds of. Self harm, Mm. trying to hurt others, just some really, um, goodness, detrimental things. Detrimental things, and especially, you know, we're talking like a ten year old child at this time. Oh wow! So, um,
0: so from four years to ten years, this
2: that's a so like a six year span of just trying to find something that works for this kiddo and trying to get. you know, a doctor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist—all these people lined up that could figure out, you know, what's going on. When we, what do we need to do? So um, we ended up having to place him in something called a PRTF, which is a psychiatric residential treatment facility, which is a um, about a six to nine-month treatment where they live out at the facility, they hmm. go to school at the facility, they get intensive therapy daily um, to try and figure out what's going on. What There was a combination of traumatic experiences, um, mental illness, intellectual ah. deficiencies, what was going on. So um, we did that, and he was actually there for 14 months, which was like the record at that facility for the <laughs> longest kept child. Um, but he was not making progress there. And meanwhile, his sibling that we had adopted, um, who is a year younger we had her at home, and and she was not quite as severe, but still exhibiting the same type of things. Um, Could not get anyone to help and listen. Mm. Um, He came back home from the residential facility, and we were right back at square one. So, um, fast-forwarding a few more years, when it got to the 10-year mark of I've been doing this now for 10 years, and we are no better than we were day one. Um, Now this kid's bigger, more powerful, and People and things are getting destroyed. So um, I said, you know what? If no one's going to help me, I'm going to help myself. Wow. And um, my husband and I sat at the kitchen table one night and said, what are we going to do? And I said, I need to become an advocate. I need to fight this system and find get to the bottom of it. So we started Amazing Grace Advocacy. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps families that have children with brain disorders. So you a know, brain disorder is basically anything that's going on with a kid that's inhibiting their functioning um the ability to make appropriate decisions to learn um to take care of themselves to have empathy and compassion for others you know things like mental illness childhood trauma Hmm. um, intellectual disabilities and autism it distorts that ability to make those decisions in the brain some of those things are caused by environmental like a trauma right um but some of those things are just genetic and a lot of these kids have all of the above. Sure. So um, when we got started with Amazing Grace, I just basically spent the first year of establishing relationships in the community, getting to know all of the people in mental health, and getting to know people in the schools that are working with the kids. Um, and it, it took you know a good year or so to really develop, getting relationships made and and so on. Um, We've been in existence now for three years, and those relationships are really helpful. Um, And so with those, I'm able to help families that are in the same position I was 10 well, now it's 13 years (laughs) ago, um, to look at what's going on with their child and let's sit down and dissect this and figure out, you know, prioritize what the needs are. Um, Most of the time... It starts with just getting them, you know, some treatment through therapy, mm. um, getting them with a psychiatrist to analyze if there is anything that medication might be able to help with. Um, then we look at the school aspect. is Are they in an appropriate setting? Are they learning um, things that are appropriate for what they can process? Or are they in something that's just frustrating them more? And when kids get frustrated, they're going to act out. So it's kind sure. of like yeah. you're just throwing gas on the fire um, when you put a child in a classroom, they can't process anything. Well,
1: I think. I think we all know now that every student learns different. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure students who do have some type of cognitive disruption going on. I mean, they obviously have to be even treated differently. So sure. they, have a, they have to right. have a different way to learn. So, right. so basically, you just said there's nothing out there for me. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to create something myself. Right. That's basically what happened. Um, that's really cool. Well, that's I get really cool yeah. Part. No, that's.
0: unfortunately it's sad, you know, that there's not something out there already, you know, and,
1: but you know what though, the good thing is though, she started this because if the government would have started it, it'd been 10 times worse, (laughs) you know, there'd probably been a waiting list to 10 miles long. So sure. Uh, But I guess, I mean, number one, besides everything, what's your first step? I mean, the first thing is I guarantee you, parents have to be relieved to find out that there's a group on their behalf. I mean, because, um, you've taken all your frustrations and I mean I'm sure you can re- relay those emotions early on feeling how frustrated it must have been to to run into brick wall to brick wall yeah. so
2: yeah and another thing that we do to support families is we once a month have a support group. Um, nice. Here in Concord, we have it on the second Monday of every month, although we are taking November and December off because it's just too busy <laughs> yeah, for really? everyone. What's
0: going on then? Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, but year, other than November and December, we go year-round. The wow. um, second Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. at New Life Baptist Church, um, we started out with about 10 families that would you know come regularly, and now we pack it. We probably wow. have 50 families. Wow. Holy cow. That's awesome. Um, and what we do is we have guest speakers from the different service departments in mental health and intellectual disabilities or from the schools come and be a guest speaker every month so that the parents are learning some education on what's going on. Very nice. And then we have um, time where we just communicate, talk, and, you know, sometimes there's some tears shed and um, – <laughs> the other thing that's great about it is we have the kids come both kids that have brain disorders and typical siblings Hmm. and they go into a separate um like a sunday school classroom with um volunteers from mental health america out of charlotte and they have their own support group and they call it kids of tomorrow which is so cool that is cool and it's great because it's a combination of your typical siblings that are in there with kids that have brain disorders and it's it's a place where they can just let it all out, mm-hmm. and there's no judgment, you know. And um, they well, do some fantastic things. Yeah, there. I it's mean,
1: cool. it's that's one thing I like about support groups because I I I go to a support group, and it's nice to know that you're not the only zebra, mm-hmm. you know, out there. Because I mean, you know, when you hang out with different people that aren't zebras, or that's why I refer to it. It, you get uncomfortable. So to have that support group with all of a sudden you're in a room full of zebras. That's got to be awesome. I mean, it's, it is especially for siblings too. Seeing other siblings, yeah, um, they're in the same situation, knowing that they're not alone and kind of just in in that one boat without an oar. So it's got to be it's got to be pretty awesome for the for the siblings too. And I'm sure the parents. I mean, gosh, um, having to readjust your lifestyle to. um the daily, what would seem normal for a for a normal situation where you get up in the morning and you you, you argue with the kid to brush your teeth and to right. take a bath occasionally, you know. <laughs> so the the normal things, and and on top of that, having to worry about are they going to have a good day or a bad day? Uh, is the school going to understand that their homework isn't you know yeah. turned in properly? I mean, mm-hmm. the, so there's so many battles and. Yeah. Uh,
0: you said you took 10 years like I couldn't take 10 minutes. I don't think I really could. Like that's that's shows your patience, but like your love for your, for your kids and and to be able to do that day in and day out is is amazing. Thank you. It really. is.
2: Well, some of the, sometimes a lot of the times people say, you know, how'd you do it or how do you do it? Yeah, right. and, and the truth of the matter is this, you don't have a choice. Yeah. It's either I'm going to survive this sink or swim. Or we, yeah, or we're going to sink because Um, whether they're biologically yours or through adoption, they're your kids, and you got to deal with it. And um, so many parents really just get to the point where they do give up, and so that's where we like to come in. um, And hence the name Amazing Grace Advocacy, because when you are at the bottom, (laughs) and trust me, these situations will take you to the bottom, um, all you have left is God's amazing grace. Mm And so we kind of feel like that's our mission is to be down here on earth as God's amazing grace to try and pick these families up off the ground and say, no, you can do this. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the definition of recovery and success is always a lot thrown in with mental health, you know, that um, there's this anticipation that someone's going to recover or get better or this depression's going to go away mm-hmm. or anything. And the truth of the matter is, it really doesn't.
1: Right. Well, I think also I think you, you can translate that to sobriety. I think everyone has a different level of sobriety. It's not what everybody fits in one box. I think the same thing too with mental health. I mean, you have benchmarks. Everyone may not achieve those certain benchmarks, but the benchmarks they do achieve have to be amazing because where they were before to where they are now. Right. You're you're you know they're making the impossible happen. So. Um, where, where are some of the biggest opportunities you think I, you, that you see right now? Still, you know, with with the, with kids, you know, going through adolescence. I mean, I, I looking back at my school years, adolescence and preteen years, tough. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, what I'm saying it is it's a it's a dogfight out there. Yeah. So, are the schools now are they are they equipping themselves properly? Are, are certain cities and counties doing better, obviously, mm-hmm. than others? I mean, um,
2: I can speak really well for Cabarrus County. Um, Almost daily, I'm in meetings with people that represent Cabarrus County Schools, Hmm. DSS, um, Cardinal Innovations, who is the insurance MCO who manages um, children with mental health and intellectual disabilities that have Medicaid. Um, So what we do is we sit down and figure out what's working, what's not working, where's the gaps, and we have a fantastic group of people in across the board in cabarrus county that are just working their tail off to get things where they need to be um cabarrus county schools has done leaps and bounds for kids with any kind of behavioral or intellectual or autism um they have far more than some of our surrounding counties um so we're hoping to become the model Mm -hmm. that can branch out into like rowan stanley union county um mecklenburg county is just kind of a whole different beast and so you can't really compare what charlotte might be doing with what's out here because it's a different type of environment and
1: by the way the mecklenburg county for anyone listening that that's the county that charlotte the city of town town of charlotte resides in so um, it's more i mean you have some rural areas but it's more urban i mean you have a lot more um a lot more population density um, so you probably have a lot more challenges, too. So
2: Yeah, challenges. And, I mean, you know, they've got the bigger hospitals. They've got more providers, you know, doctors, all that's available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you come out to Cabarrus and, you know, it's a little more rural and, and there's not quite as many services available. So.
1: Well, you think they would, with all the tax dollars, the county, the county? Ranks in, oh, just so. had
2: a big meeting about yeah. that today. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: we, we are probably the largest, one of the largest bedroom communities of metropolitan areas. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that and the racetrack and the malls. You think the tax revenue right. would be there for the schools? So. <laughs> yeah. But
2: I will tell you though that there is a huge stigma that goes with brain disorders, and it's really hard to get funding for programs. All of our. Um, programs that we do for families and youth, we obviously don't charge any fees to the families. Um, But for us to get funding, whether it be through grant money or um, just donations or, you know, small business sponsoring, it's very, very, very difficult. Um, Um, It's a little bit frustrating when you see everyone walking around in pink, not to (laughs) downplay any kind of cancer, breast, you know, breast cancer or anything like that, but, um, when you tell people what you're representing, that you're basically representing mental health, mm-hmm. um, they don't line up to donate. Well,
1: well, mental health still has, a, like you said, a huge stigma. Yeah. I mean, it's – I think it's associated with just derogatory terms like craziness, insane. You know, like when I – my mother-in-law. I, I, I hopefully <laughs> hopefully she don't take that person, <laughs> no, no. But you, you, you refer to your in-laws as crazy. I mean, right. so – um but there's a huge stigma with that. I mean, I, thank God we're not back in the '80s and '90s growing up because I mean, everyone got pretty much castigated to like one, you know, one one area of the school, or whatever. So that at least they were able to recognize that a little bit. But there's, there's still a, I can shoot I can see that huge stigma still because everyone still loops everyone into one class mm-hmm. and um, classification there, and uh, that, that has to be a huge hurdle.
0: So what are some some of the things that we can do to help bring awareness to mental health and, and
2: I think it's some of the things that um that would really probably surprise people to know is I th- I think that people view that people with mental illness um it's a result of bad parenting or mm-hmm. that it's all trauma related or or you know and, and and in some cases there are mental illnesses that result as, as a re- as a result of traumatic experiences but for the most part most people that have a brain disorder it's genetic Mm -hmm. and and or or they're there's so much science still working on the genetic part of it but it's something that they're born with it doesn't just um
1: it could be like it could be like drugs and euro that have changed the dna you know the neuropath neuropathic
2: yeah they just they they're doing quite a bit of research with dna and and so on to try and get to the bottom of where Mm -hmm. did it start. So I think that it's hard for parents to even talk about, hey, my child's got mental illness. I may have been a part Um, of it. Yeah, Yeah. I may have been a part Mm. of it. And because, you know, if a child has a childhood cancer, um, you know, I always say the parents are surrounded with support. You see GoFundMe pages. You see, um, you know. T-shirts to support the child. Teddy
1: bears with uh, casserole like flat coats on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All this yeah. starts. Well, when a child has mental illness and if they end up in the hospital or, you know, something, I always say don't expect the casseroles to my parents because, wow. um, you know, most family members will even run for the hills um, wow. because they just are scared of, I don't want to be linked to this. This is a hot mess. This is not normal. This is, you know, ugly. Because it is ugly, it's not pretty, yeah, um and it could be dangerous, there's potential for someone to get hurt, um, but nevertheless, we've got to deal with it
1: i think but i think i hope I, I want to offer some hope there, because I think the stigma will eventually change with mental illness there in kids, because in nineteen eighty nine I had childhood cancer, so and there was no. Pretty GoFundMe pages. In fact, in fact, it was a stigma. I mean, we had there was so much misinformation out about cancer at the time that kids and parents even wouldn't even come near kids like me because they thought they could get it. Right. So, Mm. fast forward 2016.
2: Look where we're at. Look where we're
1: at. Yeah. You know, kids are you know they're they're being treated like kids instead of just uh, these abnormalities. So hopefully mental health as we progress with the education awareness of it with groups like yours that we can take that that hideous label off and you know try to offer some compassion and understanding to that that community so
0: yeah and one of the things that you mentioned earlier too is just about the resources here in in cabarrus county and so if i can ask just like what are some other resources that that we are that are available
2: right we have, um, in conjunction with Amazing Grace, we all, there's another group that also works in Cabera's called Parent Voice. Um, they help in more in when there's a problem with getting services or the schools aren't meeting the needs of the child. They'll go in and really advocate hard in those systems to, to get that turned around. So that's very helpful for parents. Another thing that we do, um, we have workshops that target specific problems. So, mm. um, you know, it might cover all different types of topics throughout the year, but we educate parents on how to deal with these specific topics. Um, The other thing that we do that is really helpful, I think both for the families and the kids, but also gets out in front of society, basically, that these children are not monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a youth program that teaches any child between the ages of 12 and 21 that has a brain disorder, um, how they can find their purpose in life and what do they mm. want to do when they become an adult. And so we get together like every six to eight weeks and we um, we do all different kinds of things. Sometimes it's just social and fun that, times. that
1: youth program is called what?
2: Every Life Has a Purpose is our – cool. And that is also our motto. Um,
1: so if you see like – I think they're what? Blue and green bands? Just green. Just green bands? Yep. I saw your husband had one of those yep. rubber bands on. So.
2: Yep. And so what we do um, – to fund make that program fund itself basically is the teens come and make different products. We make Christmas cards, gre- all occasion greeting cards, different um we made spa items, we made um, we grew some plants and sold plants, but we make different things to Very kind cool. of
1: I bought the I bought the world's largest coffee cup. Oh yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. I mean dude, this thing this thing probably can hold like a yeah well, a half a carafe of coffee and done it.
2: so what we do is we nice. we make these products at our meetings, okay and try and teach them how they might be able to do anything that interests them and turn it into something where they can have an income mm-hmm.
1: some, viable um, yeah. some viable skills
2: some viable skills because these are kids that may not you know there's all these supported employment places that you see children with disabilities working at, but these kids have such a unique um thing with a brain disorder that they can't really work hmm. anywhere up outside of you know a small environment a small quiet environment so we teach them how they could set up an online store wow. how they can get a little ipad with a square reader and they can make some money and they can have purpose every day to get up hey i've got to make three of those coffee mugs and get wow. get them online.
1: So you're saying that they don't have to live off of the government dole. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> they, yeah. they can actually. They, they can, but they, I'm saying they can actually have a trade. A yeah, and, yeah, and actually have, but also have some identity from that. Exactly. And, and kind of gives some, them uh, some purpose to themselves too. So
2: yeah. So what what we do then every usually every quarter is we have a community sale, and we're having one this Saturday. Oh, nice. Um, out on Highway 49 in Mont Pleasant, there's a big farm called Ruffin's Roost, and they have a fall festival where they – it's like an antique craft show type of thing. So we're going to have a booth there. And so our teens are all taking shifts. They'll be out there from 8 to 5. Um, they'll be working our adaptive iPad. They'll be <laughs> running credit cards. and. Cool. Um, but it, it's a great way for them to, to get out there and practice these skills. But it also shows the people that come to visit us at our booth – these are kids
1: they're not quasimodo they're not
2: they're wonderful kids and you know what we have to adapt things so it works for them Mm -hmm. but they can do it
1: so um if someone's not able to to come out saturday you know and uh show support is there another opportunity to buy any maybe any leftover goods or yeah
2: we are we have an online um store okay it's open year-round Twenty four seven. Is that uh,
1: at your website? So if
2: you go to our website, which is www.amazinggraceadvocacy.com, amazinggraceadvocacy. dot com, um, you'll just see shop our products. Click on that, and it takes you right to the store. And you know you can use debit credit.
1: An online store is twenty four seven too, so you don't yeah. have to shop yeah. during certain hours. Or and, not.
2: and we have different things on there all the time because we just every time we make something new. Um,
1: But don't put it on up.
2: And what's neat is the the things that are on there, which, you know, you don't know all these details, but, you know, the kids are taking the pictures. The kids are learning how to upload those pictures onto the website. So it's really a full circle program that we have.
1: That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. <laughs> I might need you training how to train. do some <laughs> right. stuff. Too.
2: You know, it's amazing these kids are way more technological than than we are. We yeah. need them to
1: do our website. Yeah. Can we pay them to yeah. do that? <laughs> <laughs> because we are awful. So we'll we'll uh, we'll, put, we'll cross post on our website, our uh, yeah. our Facebook and Instagram too, and hopefully get the word out about that. Because uh, that's 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 probably the most encouraging thing I've heard all day today. I mean, that people may have. What well, we not? well we may not consider normal skills to be able to participate in a no, quote unquote normal society, you know, getting a job either ringing up someone or you know putting a wrapper around a burger or. But they, they they're being artistic, using their own natural gifts that um, we may push aside just because it doesn't fit in our little box of happiness. And then they can set up an online store. These people, these kids, are taking more initiative than most adults. I know they'd just rather sit on their duff. And uh, complain about not having five bucks. So well, I think the
0: the key that I heard was just purpose, and mm-hmm. that is so huge. Mm-hmm. If you don't have purpose, then what do you do? And and to give these kids that may not think that there's ever purpose, yeah. some hope.
1: But also the parents too, because I'm sure the parents yeah. have, in the back of their heads have to be going, "Oh man, what's what are we going to do twenty yeah. years from now when yeah. we're nearing retirement or you know whatever the situation yeah. may be? What are we going to do?" Yeah, and uh, but that's hope. I mean, yeah. um, but also, I think it's phenomenal, too, just because, like you said, everyone has, every life has a purpose, mm-hmm. and the purpose, you know, mm-hmm. where you underline the purpose. Um, a lot of people, like you said, will look down on people that don't fit the n- normal narrative, and these kids don't care, I'm sure, and they're trying to do what they can do to to facilitate, you know, like I said, some, some purpose-driven, but... If the least of these could it can do this, this is encouraging for the rest of us to mm-hmm. make things happen. So that's yeah. it's very encouraging. So, um,
0: so not to bring back to, to the negative, but what are some things that we're missing as just a just a community that we can that probably needs to be some you know spotlight shown upon? Like what what about our community? Well, this
2: is you know I I hate to stand on a soapbox and sound you know.
0: That's what this whole podcast Wa- is. Wa- so. <laughs> you know, waving my arms
2: up and down, jumping. But we do have a crisis in mental health, especially. Um, you see the mass shootings in schools, mm-hmm. and we've had it happen here locally with, you know, some issues with, with children that are being either under-treated or not treated with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that's happening is a few things. The first thing is is there are hardly enough psychiatrists that deal with pediatrics so if your child has a you know emotional breakdown and you go to the emergency room because you don't know where else to go right here at northeast hospital in cabarrus they don't have any doctors on staff or any beds available in that hospital to house a child Hmm. anyone under the age of 18 that is having what's called psychosis okay so what happens is that they'll hold them in the emergency room until they figure out where they can transfer them to. Wow. So that's a whole other problem in itself because a lot of times they end up somewhere else in the state, you know, could be hours away. Wow! So we need to get something in Cabarrus County that keeps them here um, and can serve them and so the families can put things in place. What are we going to do next? Um, that's kind of the big the big one. Um, the second thing is that private insurance, such as, you know, your Blue Cross, mm. United Healthcare, all that stuff, they have very, very limited what's behavioral health is what mental health is called in the insurance world. Mm-hmm. So if you have private insurance and your kid is all of a sudden is showing signs of, you know, mental illness, whether it be that they're, you know, depressed or there's, you know, a lot of kids do the cutting, the self harm, mm-hmm. um, or they try to commit suicide. Your private insurance company is most likely going to deny pretty much anything oh, beyond. Wow. You might get a couple visits of a therapist. You might have your medications covered if they need to be on medications, but that's about it. If it's a bigger scope that they're going to need, you're pretty much on your own with wow. private insurance. So we have a lot of families that. They might only get 12 visits per year covered. Um, they exhaust those 12 visits in the first three, 90 days yeah. out of a hospital. Mm-hmm. And then what? And so these are the kids that are ending up going undertreated and, and going to the next level of psychosis where they're doing something extremely dangerous. Yeah. And um, we have had kids here in Cabarrus County that have actually attempted to kill their parents. Wow. And these types of things don't get publicized because... The outcome, thank goodness, is we haven't had any fatalities, hmm. but we are truly just lucky.
1: But also, I've noticed too that you know you bring interesting the school shootings and things like that. We there's never a follow up. No, it passed. You know,
0: passed when it happens, when the smoke when the yeah. smoke
1: clears, you get you get the general hype, and you know the, you know the you know the playbook is school shooting. Yeah, you, Thirty minutes after that, you know, we'll, we'll have some narrative about guns, but we never look at the loaded gun that's actually in the kid, kid's head. Right, and a right. lot—I know a lot of these kids are on medications. You never, hear, but you never hear that. And I, I, I've never quite figured out why. We've never media never reports on that yeah. because um, I think almost everyone. There's a few probably not, but a lot of the kids have been on some type of. Um, uh, some type of mental health medicine, or
2: there's some history, there. some
1: history yeah. there, or or underdiagnosed, like you said, or misdiagnosed, or but no, but no one ever wants to report report on that post mortem of any of these shootings. So I just right. I don't I don't quite understand. I don't know why. And well,
0: I mean, it's you know sensationalism and yeah. blame yeah. something this and instead of trying to find a root cause. And and there's people like you that are trying to you know point the fingers and say, hey, we've got to do something about this and and i think that's the key and right. and more and more folks that are more active in that community to say we've got to focus on mental health yeah. because it is such it's not it, it's not the crazy people you know it's the people that are depressed and it's the kids right. that are just having a hard time that don't know how to do it and yeah you know hats off to you, Thank and, you. And, and
1: i you think uh, i think early on when autism I, I can remember when people started getting first diagnosed with autism i guess you know when you kind of uh, people get starting getting diagnosed I mean it was everyone was all of a sudden looped under one big umbrella but there's many different facets to to that and um I I think sometimes obviously the medical community when they're behind times they they try to label everything under one umbrella but really coming down the road there's probably it may not been strictly autism it could have been something else it could have been
2: yeah And, and most of these kids um have what's called dual diagnosis where they you know the brain is one organ and so if, if one thing is not working right, chances are there's going to be some other components that are not working mm-hmm. right as well. And so that's when that dual diagnosis comes into play. It's in the last couple of years improved where the health insurance and the um, doctors are kind of looking at it as a holistic thing. But it used to be, um, okay, so if you had autism, but you also had these extreme behaviors um, that kind of looked more like mental illness, they would figure out which one's more predominant, which one's worse, basically. Hmm. And we're only going to treat that. Oh. So instead of giving the kid you know, therapy that is specifically for autism, which is called like ABA therapy, that deals with those autistic-type behaviors and giving the child mental health services with seeing psychiatrists, psychologists, and, and those type of things, they would just do one or the other and you couldn't have both so it was like you were putting out a fire but you know you had a gas fire over here just being fed and fed and fed so now it's finally coming around that um you can start to see more and more where kids are getting more than one thing but um yeah it's in autism too is there's not a lot of hard facts yet of how why wet and one or -hmm. you know how that happens um but what we do know is that you know there are your cases of very mild autism where these kids you know with the right education, right therapies, they can function fairly well but then you have very severe cases where there's kids that um oh my gosh if if people saw what these parents are living with on a daily basis you would you I can't even describe it you know we're talking about children that are um Full-sized adults, just about when they get to be teenagers, with the strength of Hercules, mm. and involuntarily they hit things, repetit—you know—repetitively. Mm. They might mm. hit themselves. They might hit the wall. They might hit their parents. Um, they're nonverbal, so they can't communicate to you at all. Wow. What's going on? How they're feeling? It's—it's um, t- it's tough. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's tough, and and so the best that we can do for severe situations no matter what the diagnosis is is just support those parents as much as possible um and give them the educational tools they need mm-hmm. to try and find the right help wow. so and again going back to that recovery thing situations like that or severe mental illness which is what my son has um he has schizophrenia and bipolar disorder wow. um it's okay to just accept the fact you know what this is it he's not going to recover they the This is as good as it's going to get. So how can we fine-tune their world to meet their needs and keep them um, in a good place where they're not hurting themselves, hurting other people, ending up in jail? Hmm. Um, And that's okay, you know, and and it's okay, and it's a level of acceptance. um, But it's very, you know, a lot of people – my son doesn't live at home with us. He's 15, and he's at Murdoch Development Center, which is outside of Raleigh, and it's – you know, a twenty-four hour care. He's there. Goes to school there. Um, and a lot of people like when I tell them, they're like, "Wow, you know, like, yeah, what'd you do wrong? You know, what'd Ouch. you, you know?" Um, but I'm very proud of the fact that he's there. And my my goal was to keep him because he he's violent. Hmm. And um,
1: he could have he could have been a, literally a, a headline or a statistic if you
2: uh, absolutely. And I feel like I have we have a victory because sure. he's in a place where they're going to keep him alive. Yeah. He's not going to end up in jail because he hurt somebody. And he gets to do some really great things there. He's happy.
1: He's finding a purpose.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and I also with our our program that we have, I take things up there with him when i visit he makes products oh nice and he's so excited and then when i get to call him and say hey i sold three of your mugs <laughs> you know that gives him even though it's a long distance thing um some encouragement. so we're yeah. able yeah. to do that for kids even if they're in a facility nice or, yeah very
1: cool so if let's just say you have a, a parent out there who's you know has, has recognized some symptoms and uh is questioning their you know, they're now their new reality. Of, you know, maybe my kid isn't um, like Johnny down the street. What's the first steps that you would recommend?
2: The first steps is they have to become educated on the system because it's such a horrible system to work. And someone once said to me. Um, it's a broke. we can't even call it a broken system because that would infer that it worked <laughs> There the was first. a system yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there is none. Um, so it's really important for parents to get educated and, and we can offer that education through our support groups through our workshops. So I always say, even if you haven't gotten a diagnosis, but you're suspicious something's going on, have them call me, have them email me, go through our website. Um, we'll get them in touch with that first stages of what to do. We have a we publish a guidebook and directory. Um, for any parent that wants it, it's free. They can download it even off of Mm -hmm. our website. And that takes them through, it's got worksheets in it to take them through the first steps. That can be used, that guidebook could be used throughout the whole United States. It is, you know, it does list certain um, local references, Mm -hmm. but you could take that same information and and apply it wherever. wherever. Um, So that's the first step is to just really understand what you are dealing with. So that when you try and go to the next step and the next step, you know because it's a there's a whole another language to it um, that if you don't know what
1: what it's called what it's called yeah. you
2: get yeah. on the phone with an insurance company and you're going to be completely lost. <laughs> oh, wow. um, I'm sure I
1: hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry,
2: and I hate and, them. and it's already bad enough that you know you're going to devote an hour or two dealing with yeah, them on the phone so you can
1: so, never get back yeah no. so
2: at least if you can you know be ready for it um and be able to speak their language then nice. that's the first step um the second step is never hesitate if you feel like you need to get your child assessed um mm-hmm. and we can help link families up locally with who does assessments in the area that are reputable um and and don't brush it under the you know so many times you hear yeah. with those mass shootings when they do interview the parents you know sometimes they had no something idea um Thought but something, s- was, but off. something yeah. was off mm-hmm. but they they didn't realize the magnitude and so if you think something's off get it checked out what's it gonna hurt
1: right yeah. do, i mean do you find do you find that a lot of parents and i'm sure it probably goes across all demographics and color and whatever that they're kind of in denial, you know, Uh, that they know something is off, but um, especially if they have other kids or nieces or nephews or whatever, is there such a stigma there still that I guess if they go identify the problem, then they have to admit it? I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And what's hard, too, is most, um, you know, things like autism and intellectual disabilities, they typically show up in those toddler years because your child's not hitting those developmental Mm -hmm. stages, Mm and so In those cases, your pediatricians are usually, or preschool, or the ones that pick that up, and then they start saying, "Hey, you need to go here, get some assessments done." So those those situations usually resolve themselves pretty easily for parents. It's when you get into that mental illness thing, Mm -hmm. and it usually, unfortunately, comes during puberty years because the body body chemistry is changing so much. That's when it Mm -hmm. it affects the brain, Um, and so a lot of times it's just. Parents saying, oh, it's just a phase. It's just they're a teenager. They're, you know, but, you know, typically the difference is with a teenager, they can hate you one minute and love you the next. And it can flip flop back and forth all the time. um, But you always have that they come back to you within a short period of time with the I love you and I still respect you when you start seeing that circle not happening when they're constantly hating you mm. <laughs> and they don't come back for that nurturing they don't come back for that reassurance from the parent mm. that's kind of a signal something might be up and so you know don't give it too much time mm-hmm. you know if in a couple weeks you have a child that's not responding at all to you it's time to go get an assessment
1: mm. so if 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 your relationship curve was like, or relationship was like a roller coaster. If you spent more time down than you did actually climbing the hills, or yeah, like you know how how they explain manic depression and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I guess if they spend more time in the down area, that's where you kind of recognize there may be something. Yeah, something's time to react.
2: And, and sometimes it's you know with teenagers a lot it, a lot of diagnoses come out with depression and anxiety, and so when you see your child unconsolable as well, you know like. um where they can't see the light, no matter how much you try and paint it, hmm. or they can't manage daily functions, they're wanting to stay home from school because their anxiety is too much, hmm. um, socially withdrawing, those types of things. Um, yeah, don't don't ever hesitate to get an assessment. Cool.
0: Yeah. So, out of the three years that you've been doing this, what's been probably the most rewarding thing that's happened?
2: Well, there's there's kind of a personal reward. Which is a little selfish on my part, but the personal <laughs> I think you're allowed to have that. Yeah, sure. The personal reward is that my kids are going to be okay, hmm. and and okay may not be other people's definition of okay, but because of the work that I've done mm-hmm. and my knowledge of the system and how I need to be ten steps ahead, um, is going to keep my kids alive, hmm. safe, and they'll have a quality of life. So personally, that's that's been my side (laughs) side project of this um the most rewarding thing is this every life has a purpose program Mm -hmm. that we have um we had a summer a seven day i'm sorry six day summer camp this summer oh wow and um so it was was a long week (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we we had like 15 teenagers you know and all of them had brain disorders so you're dealing with a lot of Puberty and hormones and brain disorders all <laughs> yeah, in one imagine. week. Um, but at the end of the week, we had a community sale. Um, and to see the kids throughout the week get to know each other. And by the end of the week, they were all friends. Mm-hmm. And these are kids that never really had friends before. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then to see the, all of it come together at the community sale and see that they could do it. Um, and they did such a phenomenal job. That, that was very rewarding.
1: Very wow, cool. and and also there's things like uh, Special Olympics too. That yep. These kids can participate in because your uh, your daughter gets to see pictures of her participating in the cheerleading, yeah. things like that. So, which is awesome and seeing cool. those kids. So, um, the one one reason I really wanted to have you on here is because there's hope out there, mm-hmm. and we try to shine a light on that with each podcast. So there's there's hope out there. It, it, I don't care what what's going on in your current world and how dark it may seem, but there's always some light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to start looking for it. I mean, to find out, I mean, um, so, you know, in this this realm of, you know, mental illness and uh, childhood mental illness and autism, uh, you know, now we, now we have a contact here. We have Mm -hmm. Amazing Grace Advocacy. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Gwen and Gwen Bartley for coming on today's show. And uh, you can reach her at uh, uh, www.amazinggraceadvocacy.com. Ah, uh, you have a Facebook page, right? Too yeah, Amazing you, Grace.
2: You can yeah. just type in "Amazing Grace Advocacy" on Google or on Facebook, Twitter. You'll find us.
1: We're going to make you international. Uh, but, right. but like she said, like she said, it doesn't matter if you're in the Charlotte area or not. Yeah. Uh, her website will have that guide um, that kind of helps facilitate um, maybe some first steps. Yeah. for you. So. Um, Appreciate that. We'll also um we'll be posting any information that she has given us today on today's show, um on the the show links but also our Facebook page, just mm-hmm. making sure that you guys can go out and show some love and support for this great uh uh advocacy group and support group because this is what it takes, you know, when there's gaps in the the gaps in the walls and gaps in the floor where the government doesn't know how to parent and come up with every program for us. You have people like this, mm-hmm. like Miss Gwen that's here awesome. that's does something amazing and comes up with a group that, I mean, be honest with you, I didn't know, I wasn't aware that you had all this stuff. So this yeah. is, I'm, I'm mind blown right now that yeah, you can put really something cool. like this in three years. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you for so much for coming on the show today. Thank You've you spent
0: for having me. three years of doing this. I've spent three years on Candy Crush. <laughs>
1: <Wow>. <laughs> Great. There's probably people that spent three years on Pokemon Go too, so. Yeah.
2: Trust me, there's some days I'd like to trade with you. <laughs> um,
1: but no, you're, that's simply amazing. I Yeah. I'm proud to know you. So
2: thank you. All right.
0: well, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And uh, this is Southern Fried Philosophy. And thanks again for tuning in.
1: Please go to Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes, and please uh, subscribe. Give us a review. Give us a like. You can find us on the Facebooks, Southern Fried Philosophy, um, SFP Radio at Gmail dot com is our email if you want to reach out and give us a mm-hmm. give us a chat. And as always, keep it rolling.